greetings from the counter jihad. What you are about to hear was adapted from a blog post called Islam is not part of our civilization. The words that follow were written by Bill Warner, director of the Center for the Study of Political Islam. Barack Obama spoke the following at the White House Iftar dinner in 2011. Islam has always been part of our American family, and Muslim Americans have long contributed to the strength and character of our country in all walks of life. These words have no basis in fact. Islam is not part of our civilization because its foundational principles are opposite to ours. Our civilization is built on a foundation of critical thought, how we think, and the golden rule, ethics. Islam is built on submission, authoritative thought, and ethical dualism. Let's compare the principles of these different thought systems, starting with authoritative thought and critical thought. Critical thought, also, analytic thought, scientific thought, is the necessary reasoning or intellectual basis for our culture of democracy. Critical thought is objective, no matter who does the work, they get the same results. It is fact-based, uses cause and effect, and is intellectual, not emotional. Critical thoughts tie into morals is that you don't lie or cheat about data. Let's look at some authoritative reasoning. Authoritative reasoning is based on expert opinion and asserts its truth by power. It is so, because the establishment says it is so. The Meccan Quran, the early Quran, has one new idea. Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. The ideas found in the Quran are derivative. The proof of Muhammad's prophecy is repetition of quote Muhammad is the prophet unquote. And what happens if you don't accept that? The reasoning is circular. Muhammad is the prophet of Allah, because Allah says so. Actually, the archangel of Allah says so. How do we know what Allah says? Muhammad tells us what Allah says. The Quran of Medina, the later Quran, contains one new idea. If you don't believe that Muhammad is the prophet of Allah, then you can be murdered in jihad. If you are not persuaded, then you can be eliminated. Now that is authoritative reasoning. More unauthoritative reasoning can be found in the Shri'a. The Shri'a says that apostasy, leaving Islam, is a capital offense. And what entails apostasy? To be sarcastic about Allah or any verse in the Quran? To deny the consensus of the Islamic scholars? To deny that Islam is to be the world's only religion? To be sarcastic about Shri'a? And people say that Islam just needs to be reformed. Good luck on dealing with the authoritative rules of thought and reform. It is not that you are wrong. You are dead wrong. Want more examples of authoritative thought? Try Salman Rushdie, the author of The Satanic Verses, a novel. Islam's reaction to the novel was a death fatwa. When the Mohammed cartoons were published, people died in riots. So far in America what happens if you differ with establishment thought about Islam? You are called names, such as bigot or hater, and insulted as a punishment. However, the establishment keeps flirting with expanded versions of hate speech being criminalized. Hate speech is any speech that the establishment does not like. Critical thought does not deal with punishment, just cause and effect along with Aristotelian logic. If you lose an argument under the rules of critical thought, you have had a learning experience, not a life-threatening experience. Nor do insults and threats play a part in critical thought. Now to ethics, 
the golden rule is that we should treat all others as we would be treated. This is a unitary ethic, one rule for all peoples. Islam does not see it that way. Islam has one set of ethics for the Muslim and another set for the Kafir. The Hadith and the Quran are very clear that a Muslim is a brother to all other Muslims. A Muslim is a brother to any Muslim before he is the brother to any member of his Kafir blood family. Look at Muhammad's ethics. Muhammad is the divine human prototype, the perfect man, as it says in anyone Quranic verses. How did Muhammad treat his neighbor? In Medina he gave neighboring tribes the chance to become Muslims and to submit to Islam. If they did not, he attacked them. Submit or die, no golden rule. Muhammad repeatedly said that Muslims should lie to Kafirs if it would advance Islam, pure ethical dualism. Here is the Hadith. In Bakari 5, 59, 369, Muhammad asked, Who will kill Kaab, the enemy of Allah and Muhammad? Bin Muslim arose and responded, O oh, Muhammad, would it please you if I killed him? Muhammad answered, Yes. Bin Muslim then said, Give me permission to deceive him with lies so that my blood will succeed. Muhammad replied, You may speak falsely to him. Our Constitution's Bill of Rights is an expansion on the Golden Rule. We eliminated slavery based on the Golden Rule. Do we live up to the Golden Rule on every occasion? No, but that does not diminish its guidance, because we can use the Golden Rule to criticize those that fail to meet it. To sum it all up, our civilization is based on the principles of the golden rule and critical thought. Islam is based on dualistic ethics and authoritative thought. There is no compromise between the opposites of the golden rule and dualistic ethics. There is no halfway between authoritative thought and critical thought. Islam's principle of submission means that only active resistance can let us survive. We have a 1400-year history of the interaction between Islam and Kafir nations. The data matches the theory. Centuries after Islam enters the culture, the host culture is annihilated. See Turkey. There is no compatibility between Islam and us. Islam is not now, nor can it ever be, a part of our civilization. The final goal of Islam to annihilate all Kafir civilizations, its first stage of, we're just like you only different, should be seen for what it is. No amount of preaching by apologists can change Islam's political doctrine and history.